Welcome to the Coffee in the Barn. I'm Casey Bradley, president and founder of the Sunswine Group. If you are thinking about entering, changing, advancing, or reinventing your career in the animal science industry, we are here to help you succeed. In each episode, we will cover a variety of topics surrounding work, life, and professional development, leveraging my 20 plus years as a global leader within the livestock industry and my ever-growing professional network to interview other leading professionals. We couldn't do this without our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. Reach out to us on our social media platforms or visit thesunswinegroup.com and subscribe now not to miss another episode. Welcome to season two of Coffee in the Barn podcast. We have a special guest, one of our platinum sponsors with NutriQuest, Dr. Rob Musser. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Casey. To start off the questions, we have a set, a series of six questions we want to ask everyone that's on the committee and understanding their career map journey. When you were a kid, what did you want to do when you grew up? I, uh, my grandpa was a medical doctor and my dad was a medical doctor. And so I decided I was going to raise pigs. You know, that was going to be my path, <clears throat> you know, 4-H and FFA. I grew up in Western Kansas and 4-H and, F- and FFA were real big. Uh, and, and I had, uh, had some really good friends that, that their families were really supportive of me learning that. But, uh, so I actually, from a pretty young age, uh, I, I knew I was going to work with pigs I didn't necessarily know what that meant yet, right? I mean, I think like a lot of us is, you know, I, I beginning, I'm like, well, I could be an ag teacher, right? I could be a pig farmer. I could be an extension specialist, or I could be a veterinarian. And beyond that, I don't think that I knew other careers existed. You bought your feed from the co-op and, you know, some of those things that it didn't, it didn't really uh, make, I wasn't just that very aware of things. So, so that, that was really kind of early on. And even through my undergrad, I had planned on going back and starting a hog farm and actually got a loan. Uh, The bank was going to loan me the money to buy a farm uh, and I was going to expand it to a whopping 500 sows. And as I spent a lot of time with some key advisors as a younger person, I decided I I didn't want to do that. uh, So. And I saved your title and role because obviously you're working with pigs today indirectly. So what... What are you doing now? What's your title, role, and you know what do you do on a regular basis? I, uh, I work closely with Jeff Hansen, and, and together we kind of lead the uh, the technical effort for the swine business. Um, you know, as it, as it relates to the non day to day discovery research area, I work with you know Kim Kim Friesian and Ransong and Sue Sin. You know, on the on the R D side, with the lo- they let me get a little bit of advisement into that. Uh, but my day-to-day focus, uh, and then I oversee our commercial activities for North America. So my day-to-day focus is really are spent a lot on trying to put together the programs and plans with the rest of the team that work for producers and spend time, myself and everybody on our team spends time out with producers to understand kind of, are those positioned right? You know, what are the key objections? A lot of those things. So you don't touch a pig on a regular basis, but you influence probably millions of pigs. Yeah, I love getting out in barns. I mean, I also uh, anymore with the you know some of the restrictions you know of movement. 
like there's you know some more times I get in the barns when you know I try to convince somebody that we're going to do something whether it's and it tends to be bleeding an animal or collecting a sample <laughs> and I figure if, if I'm conning them into that I better uh, be willing to participate myself so that's uh, like I went out we bled a bunch of animals this last summer and I was laughing the guy that held the snare for me I've known for about 25 years and I didn't know he was coming but he said if you were showing up to bleed pigs I figured I could show up to snare him so and it's awesome is it just me but don't you feel really old now doing it I do yeah luckily the guy that <laughs> held the snare was 20 years older than me so I didn't say anything to him so <laughs> describe what you did I'm going to obviously you're higher up at Nature Quest how did you get there? Map out your career, the different roles, and then kind of why you moved. So growing up and working with pigs, um, one of the places I worked uh, as a kid was uh, Rogers Hog Farm, so out in Kensington, Kansas, uh, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mr. Rogers actually owned, or he owned that farm and had some cropland, but he was the president of uh, Kansas Farm Bureau a lot throughout my life or through my younger life. And so that was really kind of an interesting perspective because he would push me on understanding the bigger market than just his farm. Even um, he was always important that we had good operations at his farm. But uh, so so I had you know I had him uh, and I had Merlin Dennis, who's now passed away. But Merlin uh, was a hog farmer uh, that I worked for and actually sold me my first sow and only sow. Most of the time, I work for other people, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Merlin is the same way. His wife uh, came from New York City. She worked uh, worked on trading stocks and those things, and they lived in the middle of uh, you know rural Kansas. And and so they really kind of both of those guys taught me that there's a lot out there, right? And so even though my passion was to, you know, I wanted to be a pork producer and and kind of work down that path. Uh, so I went to I got my undergrad at Kansas State, and uh, I worked for the uh, swine team uh, as an undergrad, doing research as a research assistant, kind of working in a lab and working on the farms uh, with a lot of who are today colleagues or, or customers or or good friends, uh, like a lot of us form right in our in our university years. Went out to uh, finished up. Uh, I always laugh. I uh, finished up, and somebody offered me a job, like in. Uh, I think it was January and I was going to graduate in May. So I took the first job because I thought, wow, somebody actually offered me a job. So this is great. So I, I went out and ran the nucleus herd for Newsham hybrids, uh, kind of started out and then you know started up some of the multiplier herds out there. And uh, when I was there, I was always digging back into the information and those things. And so Neil DeBuse actually uh, convinced me that I should look at going back to grad school. <clears throat> and while he'll, he'll rarely take uh, any credit for it, my ability to get back to grad school was really hinged on Dr. Bob Goodban. Bob knew my stellar grades as an undergrad were a hindrance to me getting into grad school, so he challenged me to to take some classes and get back in. So I got into grad school, got my master's, said, well, that's enough. I'm going to finish. I'm going to go out and work. Uh, in the meantime, I worked for Roger Campbell over at Bungie uh, doing a project, and, and Roger really was in, inspirational to to show me kind of what uh, a PhD program could look like and some of those things. So I, I ended up staying and getting my PhD. So when I finished that, I really had a focus to be back to working in production, and I had the opportunity to go work for Tyson Foods in Springdale. Uh, you know, we were two percent of the business, and I think we had a hundred thousand sales at the time, uh, but really. You know, uh, the team that was there really gave me the opportunity to learn a lot about feeding pigs. Uh, you know, I had a lot of experience about the physical feeding pigs and even making feed, but not the 
not as much, you know, the, the nutrition and the feed mill operations. I really appreciated the, it wasn't a long time, but the time that I had there, I really appreciated what I learned uh, in production. Cause I think if you don't get that chance, you really miss out on ever really knowing what it's like. And Dr. Jim Hedges convinced me to uh, come up to Minnesota uh, and work for Hubbard Feeds. So I was at Hubbard Feeds uh, as a nutritionist, worked with a lot of the people you've you've worked through with in your career as well. And I uh, was there for about seven years. So I kind of lose track of some of the time. We'll call it, we'll call it seven years. And uh, we were working with distribution of an encapsulated product out of Italy at the time from soda feed ingredients. And the owner of Soda Feed Ingredients, I told him I was going to probably be leaving Hubbard, uh, and he convinced me to come work for him. Um, and so uh, I managed the Soda Feed Ingredients, for which was focused on encapsulated acids and rumen bypass technologies. So it crossed over into the ruminant world quite a bit. And, and then uh, pause there for a minute oh, yep. for the audience. That's where our careers crossed. Yep. In Arkansas. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's a. Uh, Good point. Yeah, we were doing some research uh, together with Charlie. Charlie was doing some stuff, looking at different organic a- or acids and how they release differently. And it was it was some pretty foundational work, right? Looking at you know, we know that pigs need organic acids, right? Uh, but understanding how they kind of release in different parts of the intestine, and and, and I would say that work also sh- showed us that acids aside, right? You could change the release rate. You know, people thought about rumen bypass, but I don't think. The slow release or the the targeted release on the pig side really was pretty new in the U.S. for sure. You're right. That was that was the first project that I think we inter- interacted on. I remember coming down to seeing some of the barns and getting some tours uh, from you. And so that was a, I really enjoyed that. I was kind of the uh, North America business development and and, and head of our, our North America business there. So it gave me a chance to kind of see the business side, but from a technical bent. Um, and then I uh, always laugh, uh, John Carlo, the owner of Soda, said, hey, I need you to come to Italy. We're going to meet with this group that wants to maybe distribute our pot products on a global basis. And I walk into the door at the uh, at the meeting room at the Sheraton in Bologna, and it's R.W. and Chris Nelson, you know, from Des Moines, mm-hmm. Iowa. So I'm like, I could have just drove to Des Moines. But uh, it was a good opportunity for John Carlo to exit the business. Uh, Kimmon was very committed and still is today to that that line of encapsulation and targeted delivery. Um, and so I, I, I had the opportunity to go work for Kimmon. And this ties into some of your other questions about hard lessons. I, I mean, I, I have a ton of respect for the Nelson family. I enjoyed my time at Kimmon. But I can't even remember now. It was a crazy amount of the time I was traveling and, and I was kind of doing the transition for them globally. And so I was gone a lot, right? More than I could even ever recognize. Uh, and really, my my wife and my family hadn't said anything, uh, but it was coming around. Uh, that started in January 1st. I started my first day. I started in the, uh, in the India uh, working for Kim and I was in already in India. By the end of, I think, Thanksgiving I slowed down enough to kind of recognize where things were at and realized that, you know, that wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. And I think it was the requirement of the job. You know, me and RW and Chris talked about that. Uh, so it was nothing with the job or the company. It was just like, okay, I need to do something different. And about that time, uh, Ken Purser, who uh, had been a life uh, lifetime colleague in the industry, called me and said, you should come work for NutriQuest. And I said, I don't know who NutriQuest is. And he's like, oh, it's like Chad Hagen and Wayne. And 
I'm like, oh, hi, okay, I know you guys, you know, <laughs> and they're like Steve Weiss. I'm like, I don't know who Steve Weiss is. And uh, so, so met with them, you know, they were really just getting NutriQuest off the ground. I think we're 15 years old as a company today, and this was about 11 years ago. And it really fit well with what I was looking for, right? Ken was kind of charged with growing the technology side and, and Wayne and Chad were spending a lot of time on the consulting piece. So I made that transition uh, really for... You know, financially, staying at Kimmon might have been a better outcome for a while, at least for me. I guess I always joke and say I learned the hard way that if you don't get ownership in a company early, you know, then that it may never happen because that was kind of what happened at Soda. But at NutriQuest, I was fortunate enough to to work with the ownership group there to be able to kind of buy in and become an owner, which was really important to where I was at in my in my life at that point. And so, yeah, so I've been at NutriQuest and we've been, you know, developing you know, kind of trying to grow on a lot of fronts, whether it's our consulting or our technology side or uh, kind of a wide variety of roles. Definitely our R&D arm continues to grow. So, so that's kind of my career map. I mean, so so today I'm setting a NutriQuest and overseeing the swine business. And then and I sit on our ex- executive team uh, to uh, to kind of guide a lot of our other investments and and enjoy that quite a bit. And like I always told Ken Persher, I'm like, I, I don't need a title. I just want the job that I'm doing. And if somebody else wants to do that, I'll do a different job within the company. Yeah, spend a couple minutes on NutriQuest because I love the business model of NutriQuest. I'm kind of trying to map my business very similar to NutriQuest, but in different areas. So kind of explain it. It's a very unique business model. You know, it started out, I would say it started out with uh, Chad Hagen and Steve Weiss thinking we, you know, Steve is doing financial consulting. He's really well-respected in that area. Chad was doing nutrition consulting, well-respected. And they said, Hey, if we had our own business together, we could make this function a little bit easier. So they, they started it and Sharon Groth was our, our first employee still with the company. And I don't know how she is after dealing with all of us over 15 <laughs> years, but, uh, you know, Sharon kind of helped handled the back, back of the house work for everybody. And it kind of grew from there. You know, the consulting piece was kind of a, a big growth area for those that, uh, need a lesson in, in naming uh, businesses. I think our first two businesses officially were vast value-added science and technology mm-hmm. and PISS, Progressive Input Solutions. Chad said nobody would ever forget the name, which is probably pretty accurate. At the beginning, we worked on a lot of commodities. Uh, we represented companies that didn't have a sales force. Uh, those were kind of our focuses. And, and that was really, I'd say over the first five, six years, a lot of that was, was kind of how we ran the business. It's tough, right? I mean, you, as you start out a business, it's uh, it's difficult, and we grew it. And then over about you know ten years ago, I think we really started to. We had some initial uh, technologies that were our own IP, uh, but we really started down a path to develop our own IP, our own patent work, expand out the research footprint, and uh, and that's really been accelerated with the hire of uh, you know Dr. Kim Friesian to kind of oversee our. Our science side of our business, um, Kim had a lot of strong experiences in that area and added some nice structure. I'm not always a structure fan, but Kim's added the right structure to that process. Um, so I'd say, you know, where we're at today is, you know, NutriQuest has expanded. We have, you know, our consulting business still exists. You know, we have a team of swine nutritionists, a team of poultry nutritionists. Uh, we have a, a team of fine, uh, feed milk consulting nutritionists. Uh, we have a large financial consulting business. We don't do much regulatory consulting, but a little bit when needed. Um, and then, you know, our technology side, you know, 
where we've had good growth with some of the products we've represented. Some have gone away over the years, and then uh, we've really replaced that with uh, NutriQuest IP, and we've expanded. You know, so NutriQuest today is U.S., Canada, Mexico, uh, Brazil, uh, s- several LATAM countries, uh, and then growth in uh, Southeast Asia and China as well. Well, awesome. Along the way, either in the business of being an owner in NutriQuest or in your career, besides what you mentioned about travel, what are some hard lessons that you've had to learn in your career or what did you have to sacrifice or compromise on? I think the hard lessons, the one is uh, everybody's got their skill set. So as I went from an employee to an owner, figuring out how much I owed in taxes and figuring out some of that <laughs> was, uh, was a different path and, and it caused me some stress a few times, but I've kind of worked through that. It really is resolved. In the past, you know, it was always difficult to kind of figure out how to make a decision with somebody else's money. I took that really serious. Uh, I found it easier as you know, as, as as an owner with others, right? When we're kind of making the decisions with our own money, I think the other hard lesson, right, is is it is your money, and you don't want to be wrong with it. And so, being more critical of the decisions we make, uh, you know, trying like back to this comment of trying to put together processes. You know, Ryan Cooney's really helped us, uh, and Nick Gales, our current uh, CFO which if you want to be a CFO with first Steve Weiss, it's a tough job, mm-hmm. uh, but Nick's, uh, Nick's doing a good job. But I mean, we've had to put a lot of discipline in place. Uh, you, know, you can, Steve can laugh uh, when he hears this part, but we used to always joke and call Steve Pike because he would bite at anything shiny in the early days. And uh, it is pretty accurate, right? He would, he would admit to that as well, but we all did. Right. Cause it's like, you know, you hear an interesting idea and you want to run with it, but you can financially and physically, you can only do so many of those. And unfortunately, you know, for, for, for scientists, most of those ideas will not pan out. Right. I mean, I would say the success rate of technologies that we look at that seem like they're pretty logical and even make it through the first step or two, you know, it's 10% at best. So that, that hard lesson was just how to, how to, if it's not in your nature to have discipline, how do you add discipline? And that goes into the next question, because that's some good advice. And I'm nodding my head to this if people could see it, but because that's kind of where I'm at, you know, biting all the shiny things. And now discipline needs to come into my decision making. But if you could go back, would you change anything about your career? I mean, as I look back, I mean, you know, the opportunity to go from Tyson Foods to Hubbard was a really good opportunity. Having a little more time in production, I think, would have been beneficial for me. Uh, even though I had some, you know, more time uh, would be there. I don't know if I needed you know, 20 years like Jeff Hansen, but, but uh, you know, a few more years. I think I was learning a lot every day about production. Uh, and I still got that some at Hubbard, but it was indirectly through customers, right? And that's is, is, is different enough. I probably wouldn't have built the 500. So I'm glad I didn't build the 500 South Farm, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean that could have been a very uh, interesting and exciting life. But I've I've really enjoyed this. There's not many things that I look back on. I don't think there's much value, right? And looking back at what you would do differently either. But that's probably the only one is you know gaining that experience, right? Thoroughly enough at a company uh, so that you can take along, you know, be contribute well to them and take those experiences with you. That's that's probably the only thing. Uh, and my old you know colleagues Tyson's probably like, oh, we're glad you left. I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's probably the one that... Well, I heard the job is open again, Rob, so... <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I think we're settled in here. That goes into really, you know, NutriQuest and yourself has really invested a lot of time in financial resources in the coffee and careers and animal science in this podcast, Coffee in the Barn. And I'm greatly 
appreciative of that and supporting my mission to mentor and influence younger people in our industry and opening their eyes to opportunities and the connections I make has been incredible through this. You mentioned a few, but who really mentored and influenced your career? I'd say back to a gentleman, you know, early on in my life, two, two people really uh, is a young high school and you know, junior high and high school kid, uh, Cy Moyer, uh, who was our banker, but also uh, let me raise pigs on his property um, in, in Western Kansas. And then Merlin Dennis, who was uh, you know, a hog producer with, with, with a great understanding of a global perspective. Those two were really foundational early on. You know, they even, I, I learned later that, uh, you know, that Merlin had told Bob Goodband to keep an eye out for me so that I didn't get led astray at K-State. You know, as I went into my un, my graduate school career, right, I'd say that the two the two biggest ones were, were Bob Goodband and then uh, Dwayne Davis. I don't know if you know Dwayne, reproductive physiologist, but those two really kind of pushed me to to learn and own and be an expert in the area that I worked in. Roger Campbell, uh, I know that's a lot of people here, but the, a lot of, Roger was for sure influential to get me to go back. And I, I still consider him a, a strong friend today uh, in, in many ways. So I keep trying to get over there to see him, but that hasn't happened for several years now. As I moved into my kind of professional career, it's really been a lot of pieces from a lot of people, right? I, I look, I try to look at, at the things that I really see people being successful at and try to learn from them. Oh, I would and agree. I, and I think... Yeah. Every stage you have a mentor, people who influence you. My colleagues would probably laugh if I say them, but in many ways it is them, right? I mean, what Jeff teaches me on a routine basis and what Angela teaches me, you know, and then the different team members, um, you know, Petra, Sarah, you know, Jake, Kenny, it's all valuable. They always laugh. It was, uh, I said I was a good listener once and a couple of them laughed. Now, my, my team today, the team I would get to work with is uh, a key part of what helps me improve too. Yeah. I'm going to throw in an extra question before I ask you the last one. What have you learned most by participating as a mentor and a committee member with Coffee and Careers in Animal Science? Yeah. And this is probably a shame that I had to learn it this way, <laughs> but hey, you know, you got to drag some people to the trough, so to speak. I probably didn't realize that either it never existed that a lot of the different uh, students, whether they're undergrads or graduate students, uh, they didn't have somebody to show them more about the larger larger network of the industry, right? Either there wasn't a focus of their major professor or their advisor, or they didn't, you know, they're at a university that didn't have as many swine related ones. And so didn't have those contacts. And so one of the things that I know, uh, I know that I, I really got out of the, the the coffee and careers mentoring piece, right, was learning from them, right? It, it absolutely kind of scared me kind of where some of these students have to start out at. And that's given that they've already got this opportunity, right, to learn from it. So that's, that's really been the, the reason why we're so committed uh, to coffee and careers and the mentoring piece is, is you're reaching students that, you know, just a little bit of advisement can go a long way and connecting them with other people. You know the industry, right? You know everybody in the industry. So you've done a good job of pulling talent in for presentations and and perspectives as well as your own, right? Perspectives and experiences. I mean, that, those are the things I've really enjoyed, right? It's given me a chance to always step back and think of the people that are finishing now that are going to run our industry in the future. Are, are they getting enough exposure, understanding of the industry to hopefully choose to stay in our industry, right? Because we need them to stay in our industry. And yeah, that, that's probably the biggest thing I've got out of is a perspective that I didn't I didn't have. 
was ignorant too before. It just shows that you can learn continuously. So, Basically, yeah. Yeah. So the last question I want to uh, wrap up on is: What is one piece of advice that would you would give to your younger self if you could? It's a good question. It's I, uh, hard. I it's mean, a hard question. I guess the one that I think I kind of did, but you know, you can always do better is listen to your customers, listen to your colleagues, right? I mean, there's a lot to be learned out there. You know, and you always joke when you finish your PhD, you're the smartest person in that area of research, at least for a week or two, right? And everybody has those skills within different segments. So I think listening more is probably a key part. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time, but one last thing, if a student or a young professional wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? Sure. Uh, yeah. So you can send me an email. It's pretty simple. Nice thing is starting early. It's rob at nutriquest.com, or you can send me a note and I'll, uh, I can get you my phone number. Don't be afraid to approach me or anybody else at NutriQuest to ask questions about the company or about the industry or anything else. So. Well, thank you. And as we like to say, life is short. So drink your coffee in the barn. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Casey. We hope you liked this interview. You can listen to this and other episodes on coffeeinthebarn.buzzsprout.com. We will also like to thank our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and continent search. We are grateful for supporting us in this journey. Remember to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Coffee and Careers in Animal Science and our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. But before we go, we would like to remind you that we just launched our ebook, which presents a series of tips and advice to improve your networking, presentation, and speaking skills, making you stand out among other professionals. Subscribe to our email list by clicking in the link in the show notes to get your ebook, news about future episodes, upcoming events, programs, and more. Also, if you love the Sonoswine Group's outreach and mission, please consider supporting the cause and buy us a coffee. The link will be in the show notes as well. I promise, the money will keep funding our amazing outreach, our student extern, and new solutions for animal agriculture. Remember, life is short. Take your coffee in the barn. See you next week. <laughs>